0: Fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Monday, June 24th, the first of hopefully three episodes this week. Certainly two, hopefully three. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. I'm Adam Azer. Jamie Eisenberg is always drafting, always be drafting. Uh, how many drafts are you doing right now, Jamie? One. But yeah, how many have you been doing? And one's a lot right now, I'd say.
0: Um, I did one last week, and one that is a slow draft that's going on right now.
1: All right, maybe oversold both, it a little bit.
0: Both from the eighth spot in a PPR. League.
1: Right, we're going to talk about that. Different ways to start. I don't like the eighth spot. Not a big fan.
2: I am doing one of the weirdest drafts I've ever been a part of right now. Why? Why so weird? It's a Fantasy Cares Eliminator, and it's uh, an Eliminator League to raise money for uh, Scott Fish's Fantasy Cares. And it's 17 teams, and the scoring is different than anything I'd ever played in. And a team is the lowest scoring team is eliminated each week. That's really cool. It's really cool. It's maddening the scoring system and the 17 team deal. But what's, this, what's the scoring system? Um, like different, it's like totally different. You're getting points for receptions and first downs and they're changing based on the position that you play and it's also best ball and, um, yeah, I have, uh, I have a, like, this is how weird this league is. My team currently is Lamar Jackson, Marcus Mariota, Ezekiel Elliott, Kenyon Drake, Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. I don't have any idea if it's good or bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds good for a 17 team league, I'll tell you that. All right, so today we're going to do uh, some Heats busts. We're going to go over some stats, read some emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, update you on our Facebook page, which is awesome. Uh, here are some stats to know for the show. So this is basically, here's what happened. I knew who I was going to talk about with Heats busts. One of them is going to be Marlon Mack. And I just kind of feel like if you are going to get a lot of work in a great offense, you're sort of bus-proof. But last year, there were three running backs on top 10 offenses who got 200 carries and finished outside the top 12 at the position. In fact, there were only five running backs on top 10 offenses that got 200 carries last year, and only two of them finished in the top 12. So not a very good rate there. And uh, that brings us to our next stat which is that last year, Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey were basically tied as the number one running back in PPR. They were the first running backs to be the number one PPR running back on an offense that ranked lower than seventh in scoring since Adrian Peterson in 2012. So last year was a bit of a wacky year. The, uh, the correlation between great offenses and great fantasy running backs didn't hold as true as it had in years past. What do you think about that? Anything? Uh,
0: well, who? It, I think it's case specific. Who are you referring to?
1: What? What? What do you mean? Who am I referring to? Which players? Like, okay, so who didn't? Who make are the it? guys that didn't finish? And in- Sony Michelle had two hundred carries and finished outside the top twenty. This is PPR. Both, actually. Um, Chris Carson was top fifteen, but did not make the top twelve. Jordan Howard was twentieth. Sony Michelle was 25th okay, but, in PPR, thirty third in PPR.
0: So, so who ha- who do you think had a better year? Forget about how they finished. Who, who would you say had a better year? Chris Carson or Tariq Cohen? Who feels like they had a better year? Carson?
1: But yeah, he finished behind Cohen in PPR. Right. Hmm. But 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 so, two thousand sixteen, there were nine. There were actually eleven offenses that finished top ten because there was a tie. Okay, so it's a tie at tenth. Of those eleven offenses, we had nine running backs who had two hundred carries. All of them were top 12 running backs.
2: I think part of it is that... I wasn't done. The teams that are the top 10... I don't care. The top 10 <laughs> offenses are less likely to have one feature back.
1: Well, that's, that was maybe the case last year, but it wasn't the two years before that. In 2016, all nine, met the cri- all nine running backs who were on top 10 offenses and got 200 carries were top 12 running backs. In 2017, five out of seven who were on top 10 offenses and got 200 carries, were top 10 running backs. Last year, only two out of five. So it's just a different year. You know, it's a different year. Interesting. And that's the thing about Marlon Mack. You know, he's going to argue that he's a bust in PPR because he doesn't catch the ball. I was going to say, how can you be... How can you get 200 carries on a top 12 offense? On a top 10 offense, rather. And it's probably going to be closer to top five and be a bust. But last year... Hey, Marlon Mack had 195 carries, and he was only 19th in non-PPR, 21st in PPR. So I know there's a lot of numbers I gave you there, but I hope that's interesting to people. Uh, it wasn't interesting to Heath. Heath, where are you going? Are you going on vacation?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, Orlando tomorrow morning. Disney? Uh, no, no, no. I've never been to Disney uh, since I moved down here, and I probably won't ever. Neither has Jamie. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we'll go to SeaWorld. Uh, some of the group. What world are you going to see? Some of, <laughs> some, of, some of the group will go to Universal. That's good. Um go do some nature stuff, see some breweries. What do you think?
1: This. You think that that Disney is such a madhouse, you shouldn't go and like Universal is just it's like calm, fun. Oh, I'm experience. not going to Universal either.
2: Okay. <laughs> We're uh, members at SeaWorld and they have I in my opinion, from the research I've done, have the best roller coasters and they have other things to do besides ride roller coasters. And so I like going to SeaWorld.
1: Uh, Jamie's quite the Disney aficionado. If you ever need Disney tips, you ask Jamie. I know I've done that several times. Uh, email of the day at com is from BG. Love the show. I'm wondering, what do you think about Baker Mayfield's potential this year with the incredible duo of Jarvis Juice Landry and OBJ? We saw them both go over 1,000 yards at LSU. So what is Baker's ADP, and when would you take him, and what is his potential? So three sort of different questions there. But, yeah.
0: Baker. I I think you're going to see Baker kind of – if you're all in on Baker Mayfield, you're going to take him probably higher than he should go. Like, uh, you know, I I, I probably say this too much, but I don't want to give away too much of our draft from our upcoming magazine. But I will in this case. Uh, Baker was the second quarterback off the board after Patrick Mahomes. So, no, I'm sorry. He's the third quarterback off the board. He was behind Mahomes and behind Watson. Um I still think he's going to settle in as the fifth quarterback because I just think it's too hard to look at those four guys, Mahomes, Luck, Rodgers, Watson, whatever order you want to put 2, 3 and 4 because I think Mahomes is clearly going to be one. Um it, it's it's hard to say that somebody's going to be drafted ahead of Baker there barring some ridiculous preseason performance cam may be the one if he's hundred percent healthy. I don't think anybody, I know Dave hasn't ranked this way and this isn't a shot at his rankings, but I don't think anybody's going to take Matt Ryan over Baker because Ryan, I think is someone that you still sort of settle for Russell Wilson. I think you settle for, um, Roethlisberger. I don't think anybody's going to take him over, but you know, I think just Baker's going to kind of slide in as that fifth guy. And you know, I, I'll say again, if your leagues take, if your league takes quarterbacks early, he'll probably go, what would you say, Heath third, fourth round, if you see a lot of quarterbacks come off the board? Yeah. Fifth round, maybe at the lead- latest? Yeah, I think so. And if your league kind of waits on quarterbacks, it'll probably be that 7-8 range.
1: Well, I'll look at uh, FantasyFootballCalculator.com and the ADP for Baker Mayfield. He is uh, 62nd overall. That's
0: fifth round. Sixth round.
1: That's the very beginning of the sixth round, and it's hard for me to see. So Watson goes before him, Rogers, Luck, Mahomes. So he's five.
2: I mean, as far as what his potential is, it's not too far off what Mahomes did last year. I mean, if everything clicked and went perfectly, he could just go absolutely bananas. I'm getting a little bit nervous. You're saying 5,050? I don't, no, I said almost. <laughs> like it, like he has well. as much upside as anyone not named Mahomes. And I think like you could just see a monster season. But I'm a little nervous. There's a lot of personalities there. Including his. Including,
1: including his, including his. I, I'm I'm also a little worried about the line. I'm more yeah. worried about them running the
0: ball a lot. They, they took some hits there. Yeah, I I like him fifth, but I don't like him second. But yeah. uh, agreed. I, I think again, it's just you know, if you're so in on on Mayfield, you're gonna you're gonna. It's like any player. We'll we'll tell you if you're so gung ho on taking somebody, you take them. I do feel like you know, and we should probably. Spend some time at, at some point before the drafts start get going. Like the guys that everybody seems to like that probably have the most bus potential. And he's probably the quarterback of that group.
1: That's a fun, fun little list. By the way, if you are curious about our projections process, how do we how does Heath in particular <clears throat> and our new staff member, Ben Gretsch, go about doing their projection projections next week, right, Heath? Next week next week wow july's really sneaking up on us next week is projections week they're basically going to do projections on the air and i'm going to be there to sort of question them pick it apart a little bit but you know we did the top 150 week sleepers breakouts busts We're gonna do some projections we haven't done it so here's a team here's what we're thinking here's you know amount of carries catches whatnot so that's next week all right Let's move on. Uh, just a few quick news and notes. Sony Michelle is progressing quickly from arthroscopic knee surgery, according to Mike Giardi of NFL Network. And Michelle is on Heath's bus list, so we will talk about him. Kansas City believes Tyreek Hill could be suspended as soon as next month. Which is I believe a there's away.
2: a possibility we're going to have something to talk about with Tyreek Hill on the show today. Today? I think it's possible. Okay. Not, not necessarily news about the suspension, but I think we may have some other news to react to.
1: Hmm, I don't know what you're – all right. I don't know. I guess I'll be surprised. Uh, Tariq Cohen told SiriusXM that he thinks his role will be the same as last year's. He doesn't see it expanding, right? Right.
0: It's hard to expect it to expand. Yeah. My waistline expands.
1: <laughs> Fatball season.
0: Oh, yeah. It's coming. Faster than Furious.
1: Matthew, well, that, like it's that now's the time where you have to lose the weight, Jamie. I'm trying. Trust okay.
0: me. <laughs> I'm not like Heath. I saw Heath running down the street. Uh, I was taking my kids to play baseball. And I see Heath, uh we live probably what, three miles apart? Yeah. Five, within five miles right. of each other. And so uh I'm making a turn on, onto uh a major intersection. And there's uh Heath, all his glorious hair flapping in the wind, running around sweating, really?
2: sweating like yeah.
0: crazy. And this,
2: running at four PM is a bad idea. It was like a
0: month ago, right? Probably yeah, so May. Yeah. Uh and I, I honk at him and my kids are like who are you honking at? What is that? You know, I mean, I have a, six, a seven-year-old and and four-year-old. And I said, oh, that's that's uh, Heath. I work with Heath. And they thought I, I, I said Pete. So they're like, oh, oh Pete Frisco, drink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do they really? No. Oh, okay. Oh, they might. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay, so the, we don't have that many news items. Do we have anything else? Yes. Matthew Stafford played through Broken Bones in his back last season. I think I mentioned that at the very end of our most recent show. So we'll give him a little bit of a pass. He was obviously Am- playing, hurt, playing hurt.
0: Amari Cooper said he's going to go for 2,000 receiving yards.
1: Uh, Adam Azer said he isn't. So, <laughs> so there's I told that. you Dak
2: was going to be awesome.
1: <laughs> Yo, so I want to try something this week. I want to try something maybe as a, as a bonus episode. But I really want to do a call-in show. So I'm going to try to make it happen. It's going to be me and Jamie. And I think it's going to have to be all through Skype. So basically, I'd have to light, like line you guys up. Whoever wants to be on the show, we obviously won't be able to get to that many. I get your Skype name. You're gonna have to be around at a certain time, and I'll and have you to curse, Skype you. You get
2: bonus points. I, why you, don't we just give them your cell phone number?
1: It wouldn't work for the. That's not funny one, and it wouldn't work <laughs> for the show. It has if to. We, be if we gave out your cell phone number, how many calls do you think you would get a week? Well, I'll tell you. A lot. So <laughs> so I'm going to try to do a call-in show. I think it's going to be really cool. I want to hear from you people because we have our radio show, show during the fall, Ion Fantasy Football on CBS Sports Radio, and it's awesome. We get phone calls for two hours. I'd like to try to do something like that on this sh- podcast. But join our Facebook group. We can have a little discussion. I posted a topic on Friday, I think. I said, hey... we're going to talk about Heat's bus next week two of them are Adam Thielen and Sonny Michelle. what do you think about that and we had like nice little discussion people weighed in I'm still working out how it's going to work I know people want to do their own posts I think that probably will happen I just I'm new to this so just give me some time but please join fantasy football today (laughs) I'm new to moderating a group so, give us a you know. So, a couple things. Give me some time to figure it out. A few things. Give me some time to figure it out. Go to fantasy football today on Facebook and join the group. I have to approve you, but my goal was to get up to a thousand, and we're at like eighteen hundred right now. So that is a thousand by today. We're at eighteen hundred. So now I want to get Wait, to like eight, five thousand. Eighteen
2: hundred members or eighteen hundred notifications I've gotten the last three days on the post that you tagged me in.
1: Both. Okay. <laughs> Uh and um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens. it'll be fun and we'll we'll have some chats there and whatnot. And uh last thing about Facebook is please don't friend request me because I'm not going to accept Deal. it. I'm sorry. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had a bad experience with a with a listener Facebook friending me, and I said yes, and it was it was really, really foolish of me. All right. Some of Heath's busts, here we go. There's an article up on the website on CBS slash fantasy slash football. But Drew Brees. Drew Brees was the number seven quarterback. No, number eight quarterback in fantasy last year. He played only 15 games. He was on pace to be sixth in four-point and fifth in 6 per passing touchdown leagues last year if he had played that 16th game. And he th- he's, he's a bust. Let me see Drew Brees where he's going. Uh, 74th overall. And that would be QB7. So you have him as a bust.
2: Yeah. And like, we've had the Russell Wilson discussion before as well. And it's, there are similar similarities between the two arguments. Breeze has always been an efficient quarterback. I don't know if people realize how little he threw last year, 489 attempts. And yes, it was just 15 games, but that's his lowest number of pass attempts, even on a per game basis since he arrived in New Orleans. And it's, kind of part of the game plan. They went down to 536 in 2017. The defense is young and improving and getting better. So how was he so good in fantasy? Well, it was two things. One, we talk about it with Wilson touchdown rate. He had a 6.5% touchdown rate last year, 5.3 for his career and like 5.5 in new Orleans. So it's not like he's really, he's only been over 6.5 once in his career. The touchdown rate is going to come down. And then the other thing that I just don't think anybody could even argue with, he had four rushing touchdowns and he had five in 2017, but I just don't buy it. He had two the year before that. I would expect he's going to lose probably 12 to 18 points there on rushing touchdowns.
0: Yeah, he, He's uh he's a bust for me too. I think you look at also, um, you go back to the year before when it was 23 touchdowns. I remember how bad he was mm-hmm. and he was saved yeah. by his yards. First time in New Orleans under 5,000 yards passing as well under 4,000, yards passing. Right. excuse me. Um, so he's clearly a different guy. And can he score 30 touchdowns again? Sure. He did it last year. He's done it, you know, almost on a consistent basis throughout his career. But the attempts coming down is 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 alarming. Now, the pro Drew Brees uh fantasy player will tell you, Well, they got Jared Cook. And yes, Jared Cook is a huge addition. I think losing Max Unger is as big a deficit as the addition of Jared Cook. What now, about what about clients- losing Mark Ingram? I don't think that's as big a deal because Latavius Murray at this point is basically what Mark Ingram was last year. He's not as talented, obviously, but Ingram with the suspension coming back, taking some time. He wasn't the same guy he was the year before. Clearly it's not to say that Ingram and Murray are comparable this year, but I think you just look at where Latavius Murray is at this point in his career. I don't think that's a, to me, that's a wash, but losing Unger breeze because of his size he is one of the best quarterbacks. Maybe you can argue one of the best in history at climbing the pocket. This is a, a nerdy football thing to talk about. But when the pressure collapse around you, quarterbacks, the thing they hate the most is pressure up the middle. When they got Max Unger, that was such a huge addition. It really offset the loss of Jimmy Graham because it just gave Breeze that comfort of he could step up, make his throws, and not have anybody coming at his legs or you know pushing the pocket in front of him. We'll see if that's going to be the case. And yeah. so – I, I think, again, the addition of Jared Cook is huge to the receiving core because they haven't had a tight end like this since Jimmy Graham was 2015. But we'll – and drink, Adam. Pete Prisco was in New Orleans. He said Traquan Smith looked awesome. Yeah, They're getting Ted Ginn back healthy. So you have Smith a year older, Ginn back healthy, Cook, huge addition, and Michael Thomas is and and, and Alvin Kamara arguably two of the best of what they do. So there's a lot to like about the Saints offense. But that doesn't mean you have to take Drew Brees as a top five or even top ten quarterback. I think there are just some guys that might be a little bit better than this year. Plus, he's 40. I mean, you know, the, the, the not everybody's going to be what Brees and Brady have done for the last couple of years. Ultra quarterbacks that like still produce at a high level. At some point, they're going to hit the wall. And this could happen for Brees this year.
1: Well, I think Drew Brees, you know, it's two years in a row. If he had played that 16th game at the same pace, two years in a row where he would have been around 530 pass attempts. And that's just not a lot. But you know he is going to be very efficient. But I guess what's more important to you, the pass attempts or the fact that they have a top offense in the NFL every single year? You know, I mean, do, doesn't, don't doesn't points matter more than pass attempts? Because one way or another, like, they're going to score points. They've been a top four offense three years in a row.
2: I think points matter more than pass attempts, but with... 50 more pass attempts and one extra game. He was the number 11 quarterback the year before on a very good offense.
1: But that's because he had 23 touchdown passes, which we were like that's ridiculous. He's a sleeper because because th- that rate is super But high. where 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 do you think he settles?
0: 28? Given the attempts and, and kind of where he is
2: that's with one or two
0: rushing touchdowns? Sounds fair. 30? I think he's still a number I think he's still a number 1 guy. The, the, yeah. th- the biggest thing I have with Breeze is drafting him as the seventh best quarterback. Yeah, that, that that, that's my biggest me. concern. Surprises I'm me not he sure he's a
2: the number one guy because if you say 28, that's 24 fantasy points. If you take away two rushing touchdowns, you're down to 36 fantasy points, and that's not really a number one quarterback. You I don't think he's going to be below
0: 4,000 yards, though. I think that was a little bit. Yeah, he missed the game.
2: He, he didn't play right. week seven. Yeah, I think that'll come up a little bit.
0: Okay. And also, you got to factor in what Jared Cook brings. I mean, he's clearly an upgrade over Ben Watson and Colby Fleener and what that terrible situation has been. The other part is their
1: schedule's not easy. Wait, they're like, gonna face
0: a better Falcons defense.
1: But because uh, I did want to talk about the schedule. This is the thing that 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 makes me hard for me to quit Drew Brees. The guy has so many huge, like weak winning games, you know? He had six games with more than thirty fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues, and he has three primetime home games, Monday night or Sunday night. Oh, I, I like it. that's so exciting.
0: I, I I think you still have great potential to trust Drew Brees as a number one quarterback yeah, because of scenarios like that. Right. But it's don't just,
1: take him seventh. No. no. Okay. All right. Uh, then we got two running backs. I want to talk about Sony Michelle and Marlon Mack. And really, you know, it's a philosophy for you, Heath, of guys in PPR leagues, running backs who don't catch passes make you a little nervous, right?
2: It, I think you could make almost the exact same argument for both backs. And it is a PPR argument. PPR argument. ooh PP argument a, a PP argument yes no 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 <laughs> yes. a, no a PPR <laughs> argument we're not going to strike that from the record we're having a, a PPR contest right now yeah they on. do not catch passes Would They you have do a, that standing or sitting other backs <laughs> in their backfield <laughs> that are going to handle that part of the game and they have serious injury and durability concerns the the other thing that Mac has I don't think Michelle will have is I could like the, the Colts can be a very pass heavy team. They were, I think the most pass heavy offense in the NFL last year. I, I expect the, the Patriots are going to run the ball plenty, but there are just so many running backs there that I don't know that Michelle will have a four week stretch. I'm sure where he's awesome in fantasy. I, I don't want to trust it for the entire season.
1: Well, if we look at, at Mac first, Running back 13 in the Fantasy Pros consensus rankings, 26th overall. That's much higher than I've seen him go in our drafts. That's like nearly a round higher, I'd say. And In
0: this this draft that I'm currently in, he went the end of the second round.
1: End of the second round. Top 24 pick? Yeah, I I like Marlon Mack. I
0: think Marlon Mack's going to have a great season, but I wouldn't take him that soon.
1: Was this your draft PPR or no? Yep. I do think his best case scenario is first round. Do you think so, Heath?
2: Um, I don't think his best-case scenario is first-round in PPR.
1: Jamie, what do you think his best-case is? Best
2: yeah, Man- I, I I think
0: that would take just a, a miraculous season from him and probably Naheem Hines getting hurt. I, I do think he can catch the ball. I just don't understand how they don't use him more in that regard. Um, look, he was, he was very good for a stretch last season, um, but I think he's he falls short of being a first-round talent. The talent around him can propel him to be that way, but I just don't think he has that ceiling if everybody's healthy.
1: Yeah, it's top five offense probably. Best offensive line in football, arguably. It's exciting.
0: Best quarterback, arguably.
1: Yeah, everything is good for him. Uh, Does Jordan Wilkins get a bigger role? does, Does Marlon Mack get 220 carries? If he plays
0: 16 games, I think he probably gets 200. Oh, well, yeah, he, he had 195 in 13 games. Right. So, yeah, I mean, 220 should be easy for him if he plays 16 games. I, I don't worry about Wilkins. It's the it's the combo of Wilkins and Ware. Because one of those guys isn't going to make the team. Sure. It'd be a surprise if it's Wilkins not making the team, but. Okay. You know, it, it's, and Naheem Hines talking about getting 1,000 total yards. Maybe. He could do that you know, in a in a lesser Tariq Cohen type of role. But again, the the thing you're banking on is so many scoring opportunities for this team.
1: So where would you be comfortable taking Marlon Mack?
0: Third round for me. You say his ADP is 26? Yeah. Yeah, that's the right range for
2: me. Heath? I'd rather take him in the fourth, which means I'm not going to get him in BPR. All right, then what about Sonny Michel? I, I mean, it's basically the same argument except worse.
1: But what, what makes Mac better than Michelle? Because they both are going to be on similar offense. I mean, the Patriots and the Colts are going to score a similar amount of points, most likely. Michelle had 209 carries uh, in 13 games. Mac had 195 in 13 games. Neither of them the, was involved in the passing game.
2: The Colts did not draft a running back in the third round. Right. Um, I'm not arguing. The,
1: I'm just asking.
2: The Colts don't worry me about... I mean, we had that stretch where Michelle was awesome and scored like one touchdown in a month because James Devlin became the vulture. I just, I, I'm more concerned about if both guys stay healthy, I don't see a way that Mac's not going to at least be the starter all year. I think there's a chance that Sony Michelle could not be the starter for four weeks or not score touchdowns for four weeks with no fault of his own.
0: It, sure. it could be, you know, look, the, we know what the Patriots are. They've been in the last two Super Bowls. They're playing for, you know, January and February. They're not worried about September and October. They could put Michelle on the list.
1: What? He's, and, he's had arthroscopic knee surgery. I'm not saying I'm they're about. going
0: to, but they could. They have three very capable running backs that can handle oh. the workload to make sure that his knee is 100%. And you heard what Ben Volan told us. Patriots beat reporter for the Boston Globe. For anybody who missed it, he said he could see Damien Harris getting the goal line opportunities being the better of the two running backs from a fantasy perspective. I mean, it's not a stretch. No. Yeah. And that's the concern. Now I do like the fact that Michelle's ADP has fallen to the fifth round. So that's a more realistic range of where you're going to get him. And I think that's good value for him. Like, you know, uh, (laughs) the draft I won't talk about, but I continue to talk about. So, uh, as a non PPR, like Keith took Michelle in the fourth round and we do these, this Q and a as part of our, our draft. And you know, that was one of the questions I asked Keith and he, your answer was, I think apropos, in your mind, the fourth round non-PPR was too far for somebody of his ceiling right. to let fall that far. Now, if he's right, not you, his knee, if, if Michelle's knee is, is 100% or close to it, or at least to what it was last year, could be a steal. You know, that's a guy that could be a first round. I mean, I, I remember when I did my rankings at the end of the offseason, he was back into the second round for me. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking, okay, he just came off a postseason run with six touchdowns and 330 plus yards rushing. He was a star, right?
1: Yep, they certainly relied they're, they're, on him. I think the
0: better comp for for him is what Derrick Henry is. Like, if you're buying into Derrick Henry, this is the same guy.
1: All right, we're we got three wide receivers to talk about on Heat's bus list, including a guy who's you know basically been the best wide receiver in football for. Half a decade. So when we come back, Adam Thielen, Antonio Brown, and Alshon Jeffrey, all of their names start with A, so does mine. That's really cool. We'll be right back. Robert
0: Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, Marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Continuing our bus conversation, but we do have a news alert that's not really news at all. Uh, Heath teased that we might get some Tyreek Hill news while we were on the show, while we were on the air. We don't really have much, right?
2: Yeah, Kevin Keatsman reporting that uh, Tyreek Hill will meet with multiple... League officials in Kansas City this week with his legal representation there. It might be a sign that in the next couple of weeks we might actually get some information. I mean, the scariest thing of the Tyreek Hill situation for our fantasy players is that we get to draft season and he's just sitting in the same position he is right now. I don't think that'll be the case. I don't though. think it will be. Yeah. But there, there was a little bit of talk that until the DCF investigation was over, the league wasn't going to act. Yeah, I mean we've been going on the assumption
0: of a six game suspension. Sounds like it could probably be eight games.
2: Eight
1: games?
0: Why is that that's new? Well, if if you're just making the comparison of, you know, code of conduct, that's what Kareem Hunt got. Okay. Now, obviously Hunt, there was video associated with it. You know, I I don't think it's worth discussing until we know. But sure. right. you know, our our speculation right now is as as giving fantasy advice, which is so right. horrible to even associate with this situation. But uh six games is what we're anticipating.
1: Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about Adam Thielen, Antonio Brown, and Alshon Jeffrey. These guys are on Heath's bust list. And Jamie, if there's one that you, if there's one that you disagree with between Adam Thielen, Antonio Brown, and Alshon Jeffrey as a bust, who would it be?
0: Oh, I agree with all three. <laughs> They're three busts for me as well. Um, but I, I think Thielen is the one that you can probably feel the the safest with, just given where he's probably going to get drafted. You know, no, I did see. I think. Uh, uh, fantasy football calculator has him going like a, the 10th receiver, which is to me way too soon in PPR. And I understand why, you know, he was so special for the first, uh, what nine games last season, nine games are over the hundred yards. I think soon. he was
2: the number one receiver in fantasy through like week 10. Yeah, like, he, you know. he
0: was, he was awesome, but you know, it, it things are changing in Minnesota, uh, at least if Mike Zimmer gets his way, um, you know, Brown if you get him at the back end of round two, and and I say this as having him as a bust, you get him at the back end of round
1: two early round three, it's hard to say that that's a bad pick. Is that a bad pick, Heath, for Antonio Brown, around
2: 24th overall? If you could get him at the back end of round two or early round three, I think that's fine. I don't really expect that's where you're going to get him.
0: He's, I think his ADP is like 17th.
1: That's too soon for me. Yeah. So would you guys take Kelsey or Brown? Kelsey. Kelsey. So you don't consider Brown to be part of the elite tier with Beckham and... Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, et cetera?
0: No. No, I think he's in the top of that second group.
1: All right, why? Last year he was number three, wide receiver three. The year before he was wide receiver two, and he's number number one in PPR. In fact, 2014, 15, 16, and 17, he was the number one wide receiver in PPR. How about that? Oh, I mean, he's been exceptional.
0: Right. So why? A, why?
1: I, don't, I don't know, Adam, if you paid attention
0: or not, but there's a little change with Antonio Brown.
2: He doesn't play for the Steelers. Anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: Antonio Brown was on the Steelers? Uh, no, obviously I get it. I'm asking why so we can tell people why, not because I need it's, to be it's convinced. It's the change. I mean, you're losing
0: Roethlisberger. You're losing that offensive line. You're losing that run game. You're losing the play caller. You're losing everything that goes associated with it. I Plus, feel like he's they, could have,
1: they could have a good offensive line
0: in Oakland. They could. They, but I don't think it'll be as good as what Pittsburgh. It's just what
2: Pittsburgh's Hard to project. Been. Like I don't know what to expect. I, I don't know what he's going to be like on Oakland. I here's the here's a couple of things. One, I I feel relatively confident. I don't know for sure about the offensive line. It might be good. I feel relatively confident. Derek Carr is not going to be as good as Ben Roethlisberger. I don't really know that Brown's going to get quite the sh- as number of targets that he did in Pittsburgh. Partly because I don't expect the Raiders to be able to run as many plays as the Steelers did because I don't think their offense will be as good. I don't think he's going to have the double digit touchdown year like he has for the last five seasons, partly for the same reason that I just discussed the first two. And then the final thing is he's 31 years old and I still think he's awesome. But he did last year post his lowest yards per target, 7.7 yards per target. Or if you want to look at yards per reception, twelve point five combined with a sixty-two percent catch rate, not not very good considering where he's been over his career. It's about a, a full yard lower than where he's been over his career, and I that that's a little bit scary too. He's
0: also never caught a touchdown from anybody not named Roethlisberger.
2: Doesn't even know how. He doesn't.
1: <sighs> yeah, he's he's a tough one. He, I mean, to to I don't, me it, I don't it, know it, that that he. I don't know that he deserves to go ahead of like. AJ Green, Keenan Allen. And
0: that that's a that's a fair argument. You know, I, I think that's the thing though with him. It's and it's five spots, seven spots. Like that's what we're arguing here. You right. know, like like I I think if you get him 22, 23, 24,
2: 25, it's good value. 17 feels a little bit of reach. The the thing is like those guys going between 17 and 25, I feel a lot better making the pick pick at 17 than I do at 25. Yeah. There, you're just like I would much rather have Keenan Allen in both formats I'll take AJ green and non PPR um I still think I'm gonna take Brown and PPR but it's it's close um I think you could make an argument for most of the guys in that tier over him um, just based on what car's going to be I, I think Cooks is interesting Hilton's injuring interesting Cooks. That
1: is interesting. I don't. I don't know that anybody's taking Brandon Cooks over Antonio Brown. No, nobody is.
0: But again, it's just a matter of: Would it shock you if the number one receiver for arguably the number one receiver for the Rams is better than the number one receiver for the Raiders?
1: No, especially since Brandon Cooks is like a top twelve, top fifteen wide receiver every year. He has been every year, top fifteen in PPR, top fourteen in non PPR. Okay, and then let's talk about Alshon Jeffrey, who Heath just hates. I think that's basically what it is. You just hate Alshon Jeffrey.
2: Yeah, mostly. Um, <laughs> well, and the Eagles and the all of their fans and the city. No, they don't, don't. have
1: their, their fans are not as good as the St. Louis Cardinals fans.
2: We're not going to do that here. Uh, the thing that worries me about Alshon, and actually he was awesome last year when they threw him the football. His seventy percent catch rate was by far the best of his career. Highest yards per target of his career. He didn't have the weird touchdown year he did in 2017, and he missed three games, but he was still very good when they threw him the ball. He's averaged like six and a half targets per game in Philadelphia. That's not somebody you want to start in fantasy.
1: Yeah, you're right. So where does he – well, no, that's not – but he has produced as someone who has been
2: someone you want to start in fantasy. Like, Isn't that more important than what he's actually done? I am, I am going on what I think is more predictive, but for what he's going to do.
1: I mean, at some point, it's like he did it. He's done it two years in a row, where despite low targets, Alshon Jeffrey's okay, still been very
2: t- good. Let's let's be a little bit like we've gone four years in a row where he's caught had between seven hundred and eighty nine and eight hundred and forty three receiving. He yards, misses time every year, between fifty two and sixty five catches, and he misses time every he year. He did not miss any time in two thousand seventeen. He played sixteen games. Yeah, but he took some snaps off.
1: <laughs> no one in football does that. Uh, yeah, so he was a top 20 wide. But he's had two years with the Eagles, right? He's been a top 20 wide receiver. And I don't know where he finished last year. But he I only his, 13 I think his games.
0: ADP is, is fine. Like, I have him as a bust as well. His ADP is Do not you guys horrible. have the
1: same bust list, by the way?
0: It's very, probably <laughs> very similar. Um, it, uh, it's his consensus ranking that bothers me the most. He's ranked as a top twenty-four receiver. I don't, I don't see that, okay. especially now that you have the expectation, right or wrong, Dallas Goddard is going to take on more work. The addition of Arsega Whiteside, the huge addition of Deshaun Jackson. So yeah. the targets are going to, you know, I mean, I, I know, I think Dave was joking, but that Nelson Aguilar is losing seventy targets. Um, the targets are coming from everybody. They're coming from Ertz. They're coming from Aguilar. They're taking away Golden Tate's targets, clearly. And so Jeffrey's going to lose
1: some. He's going to lose some targets? Yeah. But he only averaged six and a half targets. Is that last year? Now it's it's six. That's
0: still a a, a decline somewhere. That's that's maybe a touchdown for the season. Maybe it's 20 catches. He actually
1: averaged 7.1 last year. Seven point one targets. It, per game. it
0: it just it, it has to, you know, unless the Eagles are turning into the Steelers.
1: What 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 about the argument that he's the best wide receiver on the Eagles? You know, he is. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't care about well, JJ well, Arcega exactly. White side, but but it's if you look
0: at Andy Reid's track record, because that's where you have to sort of follow. Reed has never peppered a number one receiver.
1: And yet they had the number one receiver in fantasy last year at non people Well, you
0: could have a great player go off
1: in a great system with a great quarterback. I just think Jeffrey's probably a better player than maybe some people think. I don't think he's a he's great a, player anymore because he's pretty no, beaten he, down. He, he's never
0: been a guy who can run to the essence of what true number one receivers do. But he's so good with his body and, and being a physical receiver. It's just a matter of, like last year in the, in the 13 games, I think it was... Seven with 11 or more PPR points and six with eight or less. Like, which so, way does yes. that go?
1: So he had, he had a bad game at, against the Vikings. He had a bad game against the Jaguars, right? And then those are that's to be expected. And then his quarterback got hurt. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was better with Nick Foles. Oh, I know what it was. It was the Golden Tate trade. Golden oh. Tate came in, screwed up everything. He had only okay, two. So, he had so, two games of more than sixty so, yards after the take trade, but that was a midseason trade. But go back to what you just said, though. You're not concerned about Jackson or Whiteside. No, I didn't say Jackson. I said I'm not concerned about Whiteside. Oh, but well, I, I am. Mean, Whiteside about could Jackson. take
0: away one of his touchdowns.
1: <laughs> but he, I mean, like we could do this all the time with every single receiver. Uh, of, this guy of course. Brought, brought this and of, this. Of and, course. At but the end of the th- day, that, that, he's the number where it one. That's comes down to value. Receiver. And where,
0: where does the value lie with Alshon Jeffrey? Is he worth drafting as a number two receiver? Like, I feel like Alshon Jeffrey is a better version of Allen Robinson. Yes. And Allen Robinson is also being drafted as a number two receiver. So where are you comfortable taking Or him? at least being ranked as. I, I'd, I'd rather take Jeffrey as a number three. And I'm perfectly happy taking him as number he's,
2: three. He's my number 30
0: receiver right now. Yeah, that's, I think, a perfect range for him.
1: I'm trying to. I can't do the math. Fantasy football calculator doesn't say, like, which wide receiver he is. I need to count. I'm curious. Because the Fantasy Pros rankings has Jeffrey 52nd. And on Fantasy Calculator, Fantasy Football Calculator, pardon me, he's going 68th. So 69th. I mean, does that seem more reasonable? 69th overall for Jeffrey? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's the end of the sixth round. That's, that's not bad.
1: 26-27. 27th wide receiver off the board.
2: So it's a little high.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, those are Heath's busts. So what happens when Heath gets frustrated, JB? Like when you ask him a question where he's just sort of stumped, like what what does he do? Sighs. He sighs, right? So today on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, Heath had I think his best sigh ever. I felt compelled to clip it and make it a, a drop. So Oh, wow. Really? See. Yeah. Uh, on the sigh o meter, how would we rank this one?
2: Ah. Oh. <laughs>
1: That's a, uh, that's a twelve. Yes, that's pretty good, huh? Oh. <laughs> I I don't I, remember the question, but it was like, where oh, no. did you
2: get this audio from? It was ranking. Th-
1: <laughs> I asked you to rank three pitchers today while you were taking a piss, apparently. And uh, oh.
2: I hope that's all he was doing. <laughs> Adam was creeping in the bathroom again. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time.
1: <laughs> okay, well I'm glad we got to share that that little jab with everybody. Uh, Jamie, you're doing. A, you did a couple drafts at the eighth spot. One of them's still going on right now. And you said, "Hey, I want to talk about the drafts and the different ways I could go about the eighth pick." So let's talk about this for a few minutes. Then we're going to finish with some emails at fantasy at CBSI.com. All right, set it up for us. So
0: one was uh, for another publication, uh, another magazine, and then one is a, uh, a mock draft that I'm doing for NFL.com. The one. For, I'll start with the NFL.com one. Uh, we're only through round six. It's a slow draft. So this was the second of the two, picking from the eight spot. And I decided purposely to take a different route, uh, even though <laughs> the same player was available. So I started with DeAndre Hopkins at eight. Uh, somehow, Juju Smith-Schuster fell to round two. Whoa. Easy wow. start there. <laughs> the three-receiver league. Somehow, even more incredibly, Keenan Allen fell to round three. So where I, after taking the two receivers, I thought, okay, maybe I'll you know just go... Looking at you know running backs clearly in the in the third fourth round, um, it was hard to pass up on Keenan Allen. Just lock up those three receivers. Then round four, uh, I took David Montgomery. Round five was James White, and round six I allowed Adam to make my pick for me. Um, we were we were chatting at the time, and I said, "Here, you have your choice of I'll see what what you would have done, Heath. Your choice of uh, Tevin Coleman, Tariq Cohen." Lamar Miller, any quarterback not named Mahomes, or Evan Ingram.
2: And this is not PPR? PPR. Uh,
1: Let me set it up. It's 12-team PPR. He has Hopkins, Juju, and Keenan Allen. He starts three wide receivers. Running Mm -hmm. backs are David Montgomery and James White. And he's on the clock with his sixth pick, looking at Tevin Coleman, Tariq Cohen, Lamar Miller, any quarterback not named Mahomes, or
2: Evan Ingram. And you've got how long until it comes back to you?
0: Um, so it's basically, beginning around six. So. Long
2: time, a long, long time. time. The reason I ask is because this is the point. Like, I I lean pretty strong towards Ingram, just because I don't think you're going to get Howard, and you might not get Henry. Howard's gone. Howard's gone. Yes, so you're so, probably not getting Ingram or Henry then.
0: Uh, Henry is gone also. So, so I'm taking Ingram. You would take Ingram.
2: Uh, well, no, I, yeah, yeah. I just did not
1: say that. That makes sense.
0: Though. Uh. No, I and and it was one of the the players I considered. I I wanted to uh, to get just a little bit more running back depth there.
2: Yeah. So oh I, yeah.
0: I took Coleman. Uh, I would have taken Cohen. I have Cohen ranked higher, but I didn't want to take both Bears. Yeah. So I I took uh, I took Tevin Coleman on Adams' uh, request. I would
2: have taken Cohen and then said I was doing the friendship strategy.
0: That's what he. That's what I said. Well, yeah. But it's not. So really like So when I first when uh, I first messaged him, I said I'm leaving Coleman. When I meant to say I'm leaning oh. Coleman, and he goes, Oh, so take Cohen and do the friendship strategy. And I said, Oh, and I realized what I wrote, and he goes, Oh, no, no, take Coleman. Um,
1: yeah. Uh, so. You know what I'd like to I, know, Jamie, actually? You start sure. out with Hopkins and Juju, mm-hmm. You're the three receiver league, and you see Keenan Allen there, but which running backs were there that you took Keenan Allen over?
0: It's a good question. Uh, I do know that I could have had Kenny Galladay where I took Montgomery. Mm. So. um. Let me get to that for you. Yeah. Uh, in the fourth round where I took – I'm sorry. In the third round where I took Keenan Allen, the running backs available are uh, three that I like very much. Um, the next one that went off the board was Josh Jacobs, then Carryon Johnson, then Aaron Jones. I would have taken Aaron Jones.
1: I Yeah, I think I probably would have. So I could have gone, gone Aaron
0: Jones thing. and then Kenny Galladay or Robert Woods.
1: Yeah, knowing uh, – you didn't know that Galladay and Woods would be there, but – right. But I also felt like Keenan Allen's a steal. In PPR? In the
0: third round. As yes. my third receiver. Right. And a starter is a starter. He's my number six receiver in PPR.
1: And to be honest with you, I think James White in the fifth round is like a mega steal.
0: Uh, it could be. I mean, you know, depends on how you view Damien Harris' impact and if everybody's healthy. But yeah, James White was—I was very happy to get James White. I was hoping for it. went one pick in front of me for Kenyon Drake. Now, had I gone Montgomery and Drake, I would have been thrilled on that. And the reason I took Montgomery ahead of Drake, even though I have Drake right higher— I always look at these industry drafts on other sites and I lean on what the ADP is because I think, you know, you look at a board sometimes and you don't know how other people are going to draft. So I I thought I had a better chance of because a lot of industry people are high, very high on David Montgomery. uh, And I like him, but I thought that I had a better chance of getting Drake coming back to me in the fifth round, which was, again, one pick away. So we'll see how it uh, how it unfolds.
1: So you want to go. So the team is Hopkins, Smith, Schuster, Keenan Allen, David Montgomery, James White and Tevin Coleman. Yes, so three backs and three receivers. What's the other squad?
0: So the other squad, again, from the eighth spot. um,
1: Is it it also a three-receiver league?
0: Also a three-receiver league. um, Also PPR. Same exact scoring, four points for passing touchdowns as well. So I took Melvin Gordon at eight in this draft. And then Travis Kelsey in the second round. And I was thrilled at the time I did it. And then I watched where Zach Ertz and George Kittle fell to. And I wanted to vomit <laughs> because they both fell to the end of the third round. So they were both there when you picked? They were both there when I picked again. So seeing that happen, I was like,
2: ah, man, in PPR, Ertz might still be a, the right pick. He might outscore everybody else that's available.
0: In the third round? Yeah. Oh, I was shocked. But uh, wait, was... but,
1: but do you have a flex?
0: Do you start a flex? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you could start both Kelsey and Ertz?
0: Oh, if I wanted to. Yeah. But I
1: mean, I didn't take. No, them. it's the wrong pick. It's the wrong pick, Heath. So Adam hates
2: it when people do that. I remember when he remember when he got told me what an idiot I was for starting a tight end in a flex that year, and then I won the league.
1: Well, the, the problem is when you <laughs> when you start a tight end in a flex and you drafted the tight end late, it's one thing. When you take two tight ends with your first three <laughs> right. picks and you're locking up well, your flex, that's limiting your roster. Flex. You'll
0: level. hear my receivers, and you'll probably feel that way. Um,
1: All right, go ahead. Because
0: of how it unfolded. Uh, so I took Gordon Kelsey. And then on Johnson in the third round. Uh, fourth round, Edelman. yeah, And then fifth round, this is probably the pick I should not have made, but I took Kenyon Drake in the fifth round here. And I probably should have taken a receiver. So then in round six, I took Dante Pettis. Round seven, Rashad Penny. Round eight, Curtis Samuel. So my three receivers are Edelman, Pettis, and Samuel, as I'm starting them. Um, And then Geronimo Allison in round nine. Now, I did tried to do this, but I got tempted the wrong way because I'm a big Deshaun Hamilton fan. What I intended was to take Allison in round 9 and Valdez-Scantling in round 10 and just sort of, okay, I have that guy. right? And I'm like, well, there's a good chance maybe I get Valdez-Scantling in round 11 and he went in the middle of round 10.
1: Hmm. Was he available to you in round 10? You skipped yes. over him and then he went off the board?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. He went at the end of round 10. So I took Deshaun Hamilton in the middle of round 10 and then I see uh, Valdez-Scantling. All so, right,
1: so it's Melvin Gordon... And carry on. My Johnson. running backs are great. Love my running backs. I'm not sure I understand the Rashad Penny pick if you really needed wide receivers and you already had three running backs at that point. I
0: didn't like anybody on the board there. So the the receivers that were available, uh, I guess you could argue Marvin Jones, mm. but I'm just not a big Marvin Jones guy. I think Rashad Penny could be the best running back in Seattle, and I thought it was good value.
1: Gordon, so, so Heath, if we look at the first six picks of each team, mm-hmm. let's see who we like better. In a three receiver PPR league. Hopkins, Smith Schuster, Keenan Allen, David Montgomery, James White, and Tevin Coleman. Or Melvin Gordon, Travis Kelsey, Carrion Johnson, Julian Edelman, Kenyon Drake, and Dante Pettis. Knowing that Curtis Samuel is gonna be his
2: yeah, number it, three receiver. I'm sorry, I'm not I didn't listen to anything you just said. Because I was in my own head thinking about something. So um, (laughs) about Jamie's draft, like I I was thinking about the Zach Ertz thing again. Because your starting running backs are Melvin Gordon, On Johnson, and Kenyon Drake. Mm -hmm. So Drake's your flex. Mm -hmm. So if you had taken Ertz, you would have Drake and Melvin Gordon as your running backs and Ertz Mm -hmm. as your flex. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Zach Ertz is going to score more fantasy points than care on Johnson this year in PPR. Uh yeah,
0: probably so. But I'm also then locked into no flexibility. That's with my exactly
1: Roxy. right. I mean, that's not the only well, consideration. Have, have penny, I mean, that's that's a hope.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, fantasy points I, I, is not the only consideration. I mean I I like I understand the idea of you don't take two you don't take but we take three running backs with our first three picks sometimes and put a running back into the flex.
0: But you also have the opportunity to play that guy in the event of there's more likelihood of injury, clearly, at that yeah, position.
2: Right. Yeah, right. I, I don't know. know. They, yeah. I think like if Zach Ertz is there at the end of the third round, I might have to consider it.
0: So, so I mean, we could we could play this out. So I take Kelsey in round two. I take Ertz in round three instead of on Johnson. Uh, Edelman is now my first receiver in round right. four. Round five, Drake. Your number two running back, right? Six is still Pettis, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I don't think anything else to. changes. Because Drake was your flex when you took him. So the only thing was you took your flex a little bit later. It's a better team in terms of the starting
1: lineup, but it's scarier. Sure. But then again, like on Johnson, if he's if he has the year, you have him as a breakout. If he has the year, he's he could have. He's a more valuable player than Zayn. And,
2: and I'm probably a little biased in this because I have, like, I like Carry on a lot. He's the top 16 back for me, but I have Drake ranked ahead of him, oh. um, or projected ahead of him. So I, I would have no problem having Kenyon Drake as my number two running back.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not far behind yeah. you on Drake's ranking. So, which it's team just, do we like I, better? I get, though?
1: Huh? Which team do we like better?
0: Oh, I like the the receiver start better myself. You Did know, you? and, and I, I don't know. I, came I, with, I, I
1: like your other. I like this team. It's sexy. Oven well, it, Gordon, it, the Carry funny Carillon, the funny
0: thing is, that I was thinking about. I'm like, this is Adam's gonna really like this.
1: Yeah, team. I like it. It's fun. Um,
0: my only trepidation with taking forget about the fact that Ertz and Kelsey or Ertz and Kittle fell to the end of round three. I think in a three receiver league, it's hard to take a tight end early unless you have some things fall your way.
1: Well, you know, it's funny you say that, because last year we did uh, the Superflex League, right? hmm And that league, I don't think... Did you have to start a tight end? You did, but yes. it, was, it was three receivers plus a Superflex and, a, and a, a regular flex, flex and it mm-hmm. really devalued tight ends. And I took Kelsey kind of early, and I felt kind of bad about it, but I ended up going to the finals.
0: Why would that devalue tight ends?
1: Because there are so many starting spots that... You know, position scarcity just didn't really matter as much. Like, you just want production, basically. Um like tight ends, I don't even remember. Tight ends went super late in that league. A lot of people made tight ends one of their last picks. So Yeah. Well, maybe I'm missing one of the details. This is a this is a really crappy point. Let's read emails. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. I can do that without screwing up Royally. This is from Henry. Subject line, what am I missing? Everyone is drooling over Juju Smith Schuster and even talking him up almost comparable comparable to Devontae Adams. For most of Juju's career he's faced the number two cornerback or Devontae's faced the number one and has been solid. Why is there such confidence that even with the targets that he may get, that Juju will be able to do anything near to what he did last year when he was to match up with the top when he didn't match up with the top quarterback cornerbacks?
0: It's funny because I would say Devontae Adams is a great comparison of a guy who went from the two to the one and excelled at it. It's true. You know, if, if there's ever a comp. You and, can make. and he wasn't near as good as the two as Juju was. Right. You know, so if you're, it, it, it's really, uh, I don't want to say it, it's, a, it's a bad argument against Juju because he's been so good on almost every stopping point, you know, from college to rookie, from rookie to second year, you know, like every measurable he's excelled at. Um, and now the, the bump in targets, the attention that he'll get from his quarterback to me offsets everything that the defense will throw at him because it's, you know, you could try and take away a side of the field. You can try and take away a guy with, you know, doubles in the red zone. You know, we've seen that with Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson over their careers, but great receivers just make plays, you know, and, and Roethlisberger is the quarterback who will throw into traffic, who will take chances. They'll scheme up ways to get you know bubble screens they'll put him in the slot they'll move him around I mean he's just got such a high ceiling you know and, and uh, go back through the offseason you know Heath of, of some of the conversations we've had you know where you said you, you have a, you know you have Dowbacks projections because you're so excited about what his numbers could be I think Ben Gretsch said the same thing it, it's it's hard to look at Juju and say that there's not the potential for him to be number one at the position.
1: Also, don't forget about 2017 when Antonio Brown was out and Juju Smith-Schuster, as a rookie, was a monster. You know that is really important. 2000 week 16 and 17 without Antonio Brown, six catches, 75 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Nine catches, 143 yards and a touchdown on ten targets. So you know that's pretty good.
0: Next, yeah, he's though. gonna he's gonna have some bad games. No. Nah. we're we're no, I mean where we're a team just takes him away, Patriots. But he's gonna have just some monster, monster games that you're going to be thrilled to have them on your team. I don't even know if he's playing the Patriots.
1: Okay, this is from Alan. The from Steelers the, always play the Patriots. Uh, no, they don't. Well, I mean, they didn't finish the same in their division this year, so I don't know. They, doesn't matter. They I think it's, I hope the they do. <laughs> it's the rules. the okay. rules. Alan from a seaside town south of London. Uh, be sure him by the sea. I'm sure I didn't say that right. Hey, Adam, Jamie, Dave, and Keith. Are we sure we should so, be so high on George Kittle? I crunched the numbers, and in six games with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017 and three games with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2018, Kittle had 41 targets, 28 catches, 429 yards, and only one touchdown. Over 16 games, that's 50 catches, 762 yards, and two touchdowns. I don't expect Kittle to be that bad, but is he really a Tier 1 tight end under Garoppolo?
2: It's tough to break it up as much as you probably should if you were gonna to put together tiers. Like I do think that there, especially in PPR, is a drop off between Kelsey and Ertz and Kittle. Um and there's a little bit of risk that the with one of the young receivers plus Dante Pettis taking a step means fewer targets for Kittle. But I I couldn't put someone else ahead of him. So if you wanted to say that he's a tier two tight end, but he's the only one in tier two, I guess that's fine but he's right. three.
1: But I, I read this email because it's important that it, what what you're citing here, these numbers, and I'm, t- I'm talking to Alan, of Kittle with Garoppolo, that's mostly 2017. In 2018, he played three games with Garoppolo. He had five catches for 90 yards on nine targets at Minnesota. Then he did nothing, two catches for 22 yards against Detroit, and then five catches for 79 yards on seven targets at Kansas City. So that's two games. With five catches, 79 or more yards, and seven or more targets out of three. So I, I don't really buy the split. All right, next email. I th- well,
0: I think the thing with both Kittle and Ertz, and that I think was reflective in that draft that I did, is that you you don't – there are some drawbacks with both those guys because of the additions that they made and just how good they were last year. Like, there's going to be flaws. In, you know, I guess it kind of goes to – Do you draft them as your flex? One of them is your flex. Right. Um, Is it better to wait for Ingram, Howard, or Henry in that next wave? In some cases, three rounds later.
2: Right. And just looking at the 2018 games, I will say the one thing that's kind of different, uh, he had like a 23% target share just under playing with Garoppolo. For the season, he was at... 26.5% 26.5% so he's probably closer to 30% without Garoppolo but it's three games
1: right you know so it's hard to say and one of those games was, was a bad one I, I just don't I don't know that we can draw any conclusions from that it's not, no. not enough right
2: it's we and who knows if Jimmy Garoppolo will play 16 games anyway
1: well he's if he does he's probably gonna be the number one quarterback in fantasy next email <laughs> is from Matt somewhere near the home of the NBA champions go Raps dear Kawhi Kyle and Pascal Pascal Siakam, whatever. Uh, those would be three, three 2018 rap, 2018, 19 Raptors, and only two 2019, 20 Raptors. Heath, Heath, how do you think Adam
0: went this NBA playoffs, <laughs> knowing he was, or before the draft lottery, think he's going to get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Zion, to now getting R.J. Barrett.
1: Oh, I, you know th- I'm team R.J. Barrett,
0: Vucevic, Vucevic, and. Uh,
1: I am Team Uh,
2: R.J. Barrett. He's going to be a better pro than Zion Williamson. Oh, you said that a long time ago. Yes, Uh, I did. terribly wrong then.
0: (laughs) But I wouldn't be surprised if he's a better fantasy basketball
1: option. He's going to be a better pro. He's made for the NBA. Okay. Uh, 12-team PPR league. It's an auction league. $200 budget. If I were to stack Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, quarterbacks usually go for top dollar. What would be good pairings for running back to target? I'm thinking Fournette and some Tier 3 wide receivers. So if he spends big on quarterback and, and wide receiver with Watts, Watson and Hopkins, what would you recommend going forward, you know, the rest of the team?
0: I mean, if you could get that, sec, you know, depending on how you tier them, those, you know, two of those tier two, tier three running backs, that'd be exceptional.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think a guy that, guys that will probably be undervalued in that might be Kenyon Drake, um, might be... Mark Ingram. Mark, in- yeah. Coleman. Uh, yeah. And Fournette probably will be too. Like, you can get Fournette <laughs> and Kenyon Drake. It's
0: amazing. The sigh is amazing. But yeah, I think you look at, if, if you're looking at Fournette, put Fournette, Aaron Jones, on Johnson. Um, Devontae Freeman probably gets a little overlooked depending on how he does in the in the preseason. You
1: ready for some rapid fire keeper questions in the show? All right. This is from. If we Brent. said no, what would you have done? I would have done it myself. Brett. No, I wouldn't have. Don't don't go anywhere. Brett from uh, City <laughs> Northwest of Phoenix. 10-team half PPR league. I'm keeping Saquon in the first round. Should I keep Devontae Adams in the second? Travis Kelsey in the second? Or Aaron Jones in the 13th?
0: Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones.
1: Jim in Philadelphia. Should I keep Robbie Anderson in the seventh round? Is that good value in PPR?
0: It's probably going to be what his value is. Right, maybe a round off. So if that's your only keeper option, it's fine. But I don't think you like. I like Robbie Anderson a lot, and I'd probably take him in the fifth round personally. But you know, if if it's you know Anderson in the seventh versus a, an Aaron Jones in the thirteenth type situation, you lean toward the better <laughs> value in that scenario.
2: But if it's a keeper league with multiple keepers, I would rather have Robbie Anderson than a seventh round pick. Yes.
1: Okay, and then finally. Zach Ertz or Mike Evans in the fourth round PPR? Who should I keep? This is from Aaron.
2: Mike Evans. You think? I think Mike Evans.
0: I was going to say, though, like you, you can find a receiver in the fourth round that may be able to do what Mike Evans does. Can you find? I, I guess we just talked about that. You can find O.J. Howard or Evan Ingram. Yeah. Keep, keep Evans.
1: Keep Evans. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Heath, have a good vacation.
2: Hey, thanks.
0: Appreciate it.
1: All right, that's uh. So what day? What day are we doing all these things? Well, we'll definitely have a show on Thursday. I gotta go (laughs) by, and maybe on Wednesday. (laughs) Bye.